2: Free dessert for life at homeshef.com slash locked on. That's homeshef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homeshef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive
0: free dessert. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: Man, have I been dreading this. What a disaster Saturday. We'll talk about all of it. Uh, But first things first, today's show brought to you by our great friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They have been helping East Alabama Food Bank beat Bama in a way that Auburn football... Uh, could not on Saturday, but thank you so much to Fetch Me for, uh, for donating um, all of that. I, I can't wait to see those final numbers on that. Of course, I'll let you guys know. But use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. And also, I want to encourage all of you to go to their social media pages and like them and follow them, especially Facebook and Instagram. They post deals on there all the time. Once again, use promo code ZAC20, ZAC20 for your first delivery free. Great stuff, as always, from Fetch Me. Not great stuff on Saturday, we'll talk about it. I'm Zach Blackerby, uh, driving home from Ohio, so if I sound a little funny, I am on the phone, but Jaws, former intern Jaws in studio holding things down. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Zach?
3: I'm good, man. I am good. Uh, all right, so Auburn's loss in the Iron Bowl, 42-13. to 13. Uh, It was a disaster. It was, uh, it was one of the worst outings I've ever seen from a Gus Malzahn team. And somehow, Jaws, the score doesn't do it justice. Like I feel like Auburn lost by more than that.
1: It really doesn't. It really seemed like the whole game Auburn was playing to not get blown out. They were just—they were not playing to win. And it really, really seemed like the score should have been a lot more than than forty-two to thirteen. It was just a blowout from the get-go. Um, you know, the first offensive drive, Auburn didn't really seem motivated, you know, to to, to, re- to elect to receive and then to run two plays, like two run plays to the middle and then a sack, you know. It just didn't really seem like Auburn was motivated. And, you know, the score should have been a lot more than 42.
3: And when they were down early and they elected to go for the field goal, it's like, what team has ever won in Tuscaloosa or being Bama in general during the Nick Saban era by playing conservative? Right. Nobody. Right. Nobody's done that.
1: And, you know, ESPN...
3: I, I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway for me is, uh, you know, like you said, Auburn played to not get blown out. And they did get blown out. And it was an embarrassment on the national stage in your biggest game of the season. And, I mean, Auburn didn't belong on the field. And so I think, you know, you we can break down the individual game, all the stuff at the micro level, like going for the field goal, or you know, Smoke Monday biting unnecessarily hard on that route when he, they were, you know, when when Smith was double covered, or Owen Papo not being able to cover and take a right angle in the flat against Najee. But I think the big thing that Auburn fans want to discuss today about this game is everything at the uh, the macro level, you know, big picture stuff. It's like, all right, eight games into it or eight seasons into your tenure if you're Gus Malzahn, and you don't have an answer for uh, for anything that happens in Tuscaloosa. I mean, really, really bad showing, and I honestly don't know what the correct move is here moving forward.
1: Right. You know, Malzahn's 0-4 you know, in Athens, in Baton Rouge, and in Tuscaloosa, and those are Auburn's three biggest rivals. You know, if you can't win on the road, if you can't even win on the road at all, um, it, it starts to bring into question you know, whether or not you're the person for the job now I understand that Auburn is not as elite as you know Georgia or Alabama but just to be able to at least compete over 8 years you know it, Auburn's not doing that Malzahn is not doing that it's the same thing over and over again it was the, the exact same result in 2018 it was the it's been the same result for for since I would say you know the, the early 2000's even without Malzahn so you know I think Auburn has to really consider, even with the buyout, what they're going to do this off season with Malzahn, because I think it may be time to move on.
3: So Josh Vitale, friend of the program, he put out a few tweets that I think really puts in perspective where we are. You know, looking at you know if you're Auburn here, but well, there's over sixty teams in the Power Five conferences. And I think if you look around, there's well over 40 of them that would kill to be in the situation that Auburn's in. Right. So now we've got to ask the question, what is our barometer here? What do we need to compare things to? Is it fair to compare Auburn's success or lack thereof to Alabama? Is that fair? Because if that's the case, everybody in college football, except for Clemson and maybe Ohio State, is a failure of a program. Um, it just kind of depends on what, what does Auburn want to be, and I think if you want to be, you know, a top four or five program, you're not going to get that under Gus Malzahn, and I think I think it's time for you to move on. Something that's crazy, and, and they did this a little bit in the broadcast where they talked about the um, they talked about how Auburn needs to, uh, you know, have a, a game plan in regards to their uh, their offensive lineman being hurt and Tank Bixby being out. And I think that's... Um, and I know Tank Bixby wasn't out, but man, it looks like he should have been. He did not seem like he was in a place where he was ready to play in the Iron Bowl. And then Auburn's tackles, it's like, okay, you know that obviously stinks, but you were eight seasons in. You have had eight recruiting classes to build this depth and it's not there when you need it most. Um, the game plan was weird. You, you know, you talked about them receiving the kick and then not doing anything special with it. And then, I don't know. I, I think they generally thought they were going to be able to run the football, and they were not able to run the football at all. So all in all, just a total, a total disaster for, um, for Auburn on Saturday.
1: Right, right, and and you just said it. Like Auburn seemed like they wanted to gr- kind of like grind it out that game, and you know you're not going to be able to do that on the road against somebody like Alabama. You're not going to be able to take field goals and 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 not really be able to to do anything competent <laughs> offensively if you're playing at Alabama. You're just not going to win. In fact, you're going to get blown out, and that's that's what we saw this Saturday. And you know, to see so many times from Malzahn just the lack of aggression you know we saw it a couple different times in the Kentucky game where he would go for it on fourth down I was like oh maybe Malzahn's turning the corner maybe he's finally deciding to be a little bit more aggressive because you know he has to win games like that he's not going to win every single game being methodical and and being conservative and Auburn tried that on Saturday and, and they got blown out it's just been the same result over and over
3: yeah Jaws the best part of watching the game Saturday was uh, the beverage I was drinking?
1: Is that right? <laughs> when I, uh,
3: you know, I uh, I went over and uh, made sure that, uh, that where I was watching I had plenty of Coors Light stocked up because it is the official beer of watching any kind of sporting event. It's the beer, literally made to chill. You can get the new look Coors Light delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Jaws, moving on as we kind of talk about this Iron Bowl uh, recap, let's take a look at some of the listener uh, responses we had. You can call or text the phone line 205-502-4285. Jaws, I cannot see those questions or comments. I'm going to let you read them to us.
1: All right, so we got some listener questions here. Randy from Milwaukee says, It's the second quarter. I'll eat my words. Heck, I'll eat my shoes if we come back. My question is this. Bluntly, how many times do we have to see this outcome to understand that Gus is not the guy? He's fired assistants to, and changed play callers. It's the same results, the exact same results. So when do we, we admit that he is not the answer moving forward?
3: I think uh, I think a lot of people did on Saturday, yeah. right? Wouldn't yeah. you agree with that?
1: I think a lot of people felt that way Saturday. Yep. I think that, that this game was the one that finally put a lot of fans over. It's the, it was the same result as 2018.
3: And I think the uh, the crazy thing is going to be frustrating. It's like watching Texas A and M play Saturday night. That is not a top ten team. No. I mean they're they're just kind of there by default, and I don't think they're very good. And I think they're going to come to Jordan hare I think Auburn's going to win. I talked about this, you know, over the last few weeks. Desperate Gus Malzahn, who is now coaching for his job again, at home, which is what is going to happen on Saturday. Auburn's going to take care of business against A and M. Yep. And it's like, is that going to be enough to call off the Wolves? In the past, it has been. I got a feeling this time it's not going to be. And then, you know, obviously, I think they'll take care of business in, uh, in Starkville when they take on Mississippi State, assuming that game still happens. I, um, I just, when you look at all of this, I just think um, what Auburn's probably going to finish 7-3. and three, And it's like, you would have taken that going into it. Um, it's just the way that they lose these games. You know, I, I picked Auburn to, to lose 45-17 to 17 in Saturday's game. I went too far off with the final there, but it's just the way they lost. Yep. I thought Auburn was going to be competent and in it for the first half and then lose their grip on things in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. Um, but they never had a grip to begin with. And to me, that's a problem. To me, that is a major issue, especially when you look at other teams like Ole Miss, who was able to, you know, they were able to take it to the, you know, the final buzzer with them, if you will. Um, And and Auburn just couldn't move the football. No offensive game plan whatsoever. And once again, he's eight seasons into his tenure here. You can't be getting blown out like that. All right. Great great comment from Milwaukee. Uh, Yeah, Josh got something else on that.
1: Um. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Auburn just kind of stumbled out of the gate, and Malzahn said it. Malzahn said that the team was sleepy and they weren't awake and they weren't ready to go. And you know what? I blame that on Malzahn. It's your fault that, yeah, for not having is the players ready. that's on
3: the head ready. coach. That's that is on the head coach getting your team prepared, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally. That is on the head coach. That is your job.
1: And and on top of that, you know, it's it's not the players' fault for the game plan. It's the coach's right. fault so you're right anyway absolutely joe from auburn says i'm in spain without the s joe i I I feel you (laughs) i feel you on that one it is joe
3: i think we were all in pain i'm sure he said that saturday right after the game so uh yeah i know we were all there with you absolutely
1: it has been a rough uh week since the gonzaga game uh will from alpharetta georgia says zach you and michael have said this a lot during the last two weeks gus coaches different when his back is against the wall why doesn't he always coach like that I've been an Auburn fan my entire life, but I was so embarrassed that I had to turn the game off against Bama. Love the show, guys. You'll start my days off on a good foot. Thank you, Will. Thank you for listening to the show. Really appreciate it.
3: Yeah, thanks, Will. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I, I think we're going to see a different Malzahn on Saturday. I think, um, I think you're going to see him coaching with his back against the wall, and all of a sudden there's going to be a really solid game plan that comes out of this team. And it's going to frustrate Auburn fans. I think if you go and, like, destroy Texas A&M, which I think Auburn has the capability to do so, but it's almost going to make things worse. It's like, where was this last week? And so, you know, I I, I hate it that some of his key guys got hurt or were injured and were not 100% on Saturday. Like, that really does stink. But you're Auburn. You should have a host of running backs ready to go at any moment. And the fact that it's so hard for you to get a tackle, an offensive tackle – it is um, it's a problem. It's a problem, and it's uh, it's swelling up. But yeah, Will, I fully expect the, the game plan to be great on Saturday against Texas A&M at home. I just, I do, and it's going to be frustrating to see.
1: Yeah, um, you know, to not be able to not be able to recruit offensive linemen to, to have to put defensive linemen in is just a it was a glaring glaring problem, um, before we even got to the Iron Bowl this week. So, anyway, Nick from San Diego, California. Wow, didn't know we had listeners out in California. First time in a long time where I felt we were straight up overmatched. Did not see too many big gaffes outside of Seth's drop pass. Both lines did as well as they could have, but Alabama is just better. I think the only glaring thing on our side was poor tackling when we had an opportunity. I'm not sure why we haven't gotten better in that area. I almost prefer the 2012 loss over this one because at least back then we knew we had no hope. Another thing of note: No question, Mark Anthony Richards is alive and well. Love the show. You guys make my work commute, er, work commute, interesting every day. Keep it up.
3: Thank you, Nick. Yeah, Nick, good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll touch on the last thing first. Mark Anthony Richards is a real person. That was great to see. I thought he looked fine. I thought he looked good. Bambo was checked out at that point of the game, but I think he did fine uh, with what he was uh, what, with what he was asked to do. Yep. As far as just being physically outmatched, I mean, we saw it a few weeks ago with Georgia, right? I mean, this is this is probably the second time this season that we've seen that. We've seen Auburn play poorly against equal competition. Um, and we've also seen Auburn beat teams that were more talented than them. So my big thing is, like, what's different this season? Um, and I don't know. I, it was this game that much different than last year's Iron Bowl? Auburn's defense just had two pick sixes.
1: I think, and, I think,
3: and, and Seth caught the tough passes. Like, is that, I mean, I think if you change those things, it's like, okay, it's not that much different. But Auburn's defense just had two ridiculous plays to score touchdowns last year.
1: Right. And I think also Malzahn was a little bit more aggressive in last year's Iron Bowl. Um, and I, I, he was think, a home. Right, right. And I think, um, like we were talking about earlier, you said Gus coaches different when his back is against the wall. I think we'll see a more aggressive Malzahn and a more aggressive Auburn Saturday because he will play conservative when he doesn't have to. And when he does, you know, he wins games. Um,
0: uh,
1: Some uh, unnamed listener said, I feel like next year could still be the year. Tonight we just felt like we were playing to not get blown out instead of playing to win. With this large disparity in talent, you have to be aggressive, and we just weren't. That is exactly right. That hits the nail on the head.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. And like I've said in the past, Malzahn has been able to craft up game plans to beat teams that he was better than, or that they were they were better than him. But he was able to outcoach guys. And it's interesting because I think in a lot of Iron Bowls, Malzahn is actually outcoach Saban. But Saban just has better talent. He's got the recruiting figured out. He's got the program figured out and built out to where, you know, after he was there eight seasons, you saw a dramatic difference in talent from when he got there versus when you're there now. Um, and, and I think Malzahn has done a good job of developing players, but there's a difference between you developing a three-star and a four-star than when you developing like a full team of five-stars. It just looks different after doing that for four or five cycles in a row. And it's just – it's catching up. You're seeing Georgia get to that point. Alabama's been at that point, and uh, I thought LSU was about to be there. And I think, fortunately for Auburn, they've kind of fallen off this season. But it's just, what can Auburn do to get to that point? Geographically, they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough situation because you gotta you gotta recruit against Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Florida, and LSU. They've been they've done a good job getting Mississippi guys. So I'm not really worried about the Mississippi schools there, but it's just if you, if you get rid of Malzahn, who are you going to be able to entice that one is better right. and two can, is going to be willing to take on that challenge? Because if Auburn's going after some guy, there's probably an easier place to coach outside of Auburn that will also take you and get a call that offseason when the coaching carousel really picks up. So right. those are just some things you've got to think about. And also, you know, a lot of folks kind of pointing at Gus Malzahn's contract well, he's the fifth highest paid coach in the SEC, and Auburn's about the fifth best team in the SEC. Yep. So I, I I don't have an issue with what he's getting paid. I really don't have an issue with the buyout at this point. Uh, that's just not my concern because you got to look at all the factors that go into bringing in a coach that's going to ultimately replace him, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, or sometime the next five or ten years. I don't know how long it's going to be. But those are all things you've got to think about when you're just throwing out, you know, okay, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. And, uh, I'm just not quite convinced that that's, um, that's an obvious decision. So we'll have to see,
1: right?
3: We will have to see, uh, today's show brought to you by our good friends at built bar. They've got some great cyber Monday deals happening currently. I actually ordered a box of built bars two days ago. I'll get them later this week, but I went with the, um, peanut butter brownie that has been my favorite flavor, so I'm excited to get a full box of that. And part of the Cyber Monday deal is uh, you also get two uh, uh, two free bars, and I believe the flavor is candy cane brownie. And so uh, I'm looking forward to trying that as well. All these bars super high in protein, um, super low in calories, super low in sugars. Great for your keto diet if you're into that sort of thing. So you can go to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off your order. BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right,
3: Jaws, do we have any more questions to get to before we look a little bit at basketball?
1: We have one more question, and it's really just more of a comment. It it is how we play on the road in big games has got the change, and if it's not, if not, it's time for a change. Hashtag FireGus.
3: Yeah. All right. So I had a rule that dated back to when I was uh, when I was co-hosting the lunch break, and uh, when this show was the Auburn podcast, and now when it's Locked On Auburn, I have a rule. If you reach out as a listener, and I encourage you to do so, two zero five five zero two four two eight five. But moving forward, if you say we got to move on from Gus, we have to fire Gus. You have to supply a route that makes more sense than keeping him. That's just kind of my rule. I don't like just throw Hey. We gotta fire this guy. And now look, there are a few coaches that I like that I think would make a lot of sense at Auburn, but I'm um, we got we got time. We got time to get to all of those. And I'm sure you got some guys as well on your short list, Jaws. And I'd love to hear what Pap has had to say too. Love to hear what you have to say. If you think Gus Malzon should no longer be the head coach at Auburn, text or call 205-502-4285. Give us a list of three or four coaches that you think would be better than Gus and make that pitch to me. Because I'm not exactly sold on the fact that it's like, okay, it's a no-brainer that we got to move on from Gus Malzahn. We'll have to see. Jaws, how happy were you this weekend finally getting to watch Auburn basketball?
1: It was the probably the greatest day of the year for me, personally. Just to be able to sit really? down and watch Auburn play St. Joe's was, was incredible. I really, really enjoyed that game. I even enjoyed the Gonzaga loss because I, I see so much potential in this team. There's yeah. so much potential.
3: Yeah, yeah, there's no question about it. So, some guys that stood out to me, I thought Alan Flanagan was really impressive. Um, He's developed a lot physically. In my mind, he looks a lot more built out and filled out than he was a year ago. I like that. Um, Stretch acting bola um, had more of an impact on the game than I expected him to, and I just want to make this announcement here, Jaws. This is a stretch acting bola podcast. I I just want to put that out there.
1: It is is absolutely a knocking bola podcast. Something... That, that impressed me, not just from Flanagan, but from the whole team, I feel like, is the improved three-point shooting. I just felt like the sh- the, the three-point shot was just a lot better than it was last year, and credit to Flanagan for, for hitting four threes in one game after hitting only five all last year. It's, I would have never expected that uh, from Flanagan or Tyrell Jones, who you know made a couple of threes here and there, and that impressed me. You know, Aking Bola made a three. Everybody was actually make. it seemed like, even though Auburn didn't have much of an offense, they seemed a lot more consistent than they were last year.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and how about Powell? I mean, he's a guy that I thought was just going to be a, a shooting guard, and he comes in, fills in for uh, for Sharif Cooper and, and, and Turbo Jones at the point, and I was really, really impressed with him. He was probably my favorite player to watch going into um, or coming out of this weekend. I agree. So,
1: I agree. Um, I think JT Powell is the national player of the year. Honestly, you know, I'm I, fine with that. I don't think he's he is a point guard. He's obviously a two. And if we had somebody like Cooper back in the lineup to be able to shift him over to his natural role, I think the offense would flow a lot better. Um, but he's not a, he's not a half bad point guard. He can he can definitely shoot the ball. Um, really impressed with him. Really really excited to see him moving forward.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, so. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We will, um, we will get back into the normal swing of things uh, tomorrow when I get back into my home studio, and we will recap the Auburn-UCF game that is happening tonight. So uh, be sure to check out Jaws on Twitter. What's your, what's your at? What's your handle on Twitter, bud?
1: At Dawtober.
3: There you go. Caps Pat Tato is Michael Pappas on Twitter. He should join me tomorrow. I'm on Twitter at C Black. We show's on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn.
0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket.